Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am, as always, Elaine, and with me, the oldest man, Fletcher, and me, Adam, an actual infant. <laughs> Have we mentioned what we're doing today? We are a podcast which goes through the history of 2000 pop punk and emo pop by looking at everything that I read your music classified as pop punk and emo pop, and that also has charted on the Billboard charts, on the mainstream Billboard charts. We are not looking at the alternative charts, otherwise we'll be here forever. It's okay, we'll pick up a sponsorship somewhere in year 12, and then we just have to make sure to punctuate all of our reviews with Ifrif. Ifrif, indeed. Ifrif. Anyhow, today we are looking at the third record by trio of people, Alkaline Trio, they they are helpful. They tell you how many there are in their name. I don't think that always applies. How many are in Blink-182? Hint, it's under 182. No, Tom DeLonge definitely has clones of himself. But he's not in, in Blink-182 anymore. Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio is in Blink-182. And from listening to this record, God, they have traded up there. <laughs> Indeed. I would actually love to see a post-going-nuts Sovsit album from Tom DeLonge. Just like, my rights, my flags, my fringes, pop-punk. It would be pretty good. Give me conspiracy punk. I'm gonna do you one better, Fletch, because Tom DeLonge is still the lead singer of uh, Angel and Airwaves. So let's get a post-crazy Tom DeLonge Angel and Airwaves record. Oh no, I typed in Sovsit Punk Album and it gave me actual results. Oh no! Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> well, I guess I know what I'm doing when we're done here. It says Vampire Weekend is one of them. Oh god. What? Yeah, it says Vampire Weekend. I am confused. I guess I'll find out later. Well, we're off to a great start of staying on topic in the, today's podcast. Anyhow, I'll cut like 90% of this. Everything that you will hear is, today we are talking about, here, from here to Infirmary, by Alkaline Trio. in Chicago around 1996 by Matt Skiba, Glenn Porter, and Rob Dorn, while Skiba works as a bike messenger for his day job. 
Their name is chosen by going through a dictionary for a cool word put in front of the word trio. It takes them about a year before they actually start recording tracks and get a proper van to tour outside of Chicago. There isn't much lore about these dudes. Like, I searched a bunch of interviews and there's literally nothing interesting about their early years. But yeah, they were dudes. They played in small music bands. They made another music band. They made some EPs. And eventually they were discovered by small DIY label uh, Asian Man Records. And they put out their first LP in 1988 through them. Like me. Oh, right. <laughs> Took me a second, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ellie, Adam, I have a question. Aww. If we don't know much about them, and given who their company is, does that make them secret of Asian Man? I don't get that reference. Yeah, that went over my head, too. There was an old song called Secret Agent Man that had an incredibly bad Dr. Demento parody called Secret Asian Man. Oh. That was the entire reference. That that, that theoretically could have been a very funny joke, Fletch. <laughs> uh, yeah, their, their 1998 LP is named God Damn It, which is funny because there's a Blink-182 song named Damn It. This one's holier. Mm-hmm. Just before the band starts to record Goddamnit, though, Rob Doran leaves the band. So by this time, their lineup is... Matt Skiba on vocals and guitar, Glenn Porter on drums, and Dan Adriano on bass. Yes, it's pronounced bass. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. <laughs> so I couldn't find anything interesting about Asian Man Records, but they are still active, and they actually gave the start to a bunch of bands that are relevant today, like um, AJJ... Laura Stevenson, Dowsing, and the, the Smith Street Band, some of which are still signed to them. Oh, you didn't tell me Small Crush was on them. Also, I guess Jonah Ray has put out an album with them this year? I guess. That's that's very odd, given that even the description goes, yeah, no, he's a comedian, but I guess he did music in the Hawaiian punk scene in the 2000s, and now you can buy it. Alrighty then. Sure. He was the host on the new Mystery Science Theater 3000, if that gives you any context. Oh, that dude. Huh. Yeah, that Jonah Ray. I mean, if he wants to make music and people want to buy it, that's whatever. <laughs> Just very unexpected when I'm looking through this Asian man catalog. So, yeah, I listened to Goddamnit, and it's the best record of the three that we have listened. It's like every emo-tinged, sad boy, pop-punk record that came out in the last five years, but it came out, like, 20 years before now. So, it's pretty good. Everyone else was copying them. Pretty much. They pretty much define, like, a whole thing that happens to today. It sounds less like Blink than the current one, and it actually sounds like less like Green Day than the current one. It's, uh, it's even a bit slower. I was gonna say, this sounds like the album I would have liked to hear. Uh, you can give it a try. If you don't like this one, I don't think you will like the other one, but it's a bit better. There's a bit there's a bit more rawness to it. The record was fairly successful in their Chicago scene and let them branch out and tour around America, getting them a general good buzz throughout the punk scene. Their next album, Tin 2000, was Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Still with Asian Man Records, still, I am told, a solid release, but still confined solely to the punk ghetto. 
Yeah, maybe I'll Catch Fire is even slower and more melodic. I don't like it as much as Goddammit, but yeah. A lot of songs about relationships, a sort of their thing. They're, they're sad because no GF. You know what I want? What? I want an album where the people are sad because no GF, bread. We are way too early for that. I don't get it. Gluten-free bread. I just want some toast, goddammit. <laughs> it's out there. It makes you sad to eat it. It's called glour dough. Around the South and Alkaline Trio get scouted by Vagrant Records, remember them? We talked about them last time, and with uh, the Get Up Kids. Vagrant Records. Good times. Uh, they get signed to Vagrant Records, mainly because Asian Man Records was a small label and couldn't like distribute their record through all of America. They were starting to have like a real problem in actually getting the record out there in shops. So Vagrant Records helped with them, signed them, and during this time Glenn Porter leaves the band. The legend goes that this happened because his at the time girlfriend left him for Jawbreakers Blake Schwarzenbach, and in retaliation Glenn took a dump in a box and sent it to Blake, because that's what you do. And of course the record label was like, we don't want you in the band anymore, please go. This story is completely apocryphal and unconfirmed, but I wanted to mention it because poop funny. That BM went no GF. Right after signing with Vagrant, they are joined by a non-Glenn drummer, Mike Philumley, and they go into the studio to record today's album, From Here to Infirmary. From Here to Infirmary will be produced by longtime collaborator with the band Matt Allison, who worked on all their prior LPs, and recorded at Pachyderm Studio, where Nirvana recorded in utero. Skiba is on record to say that the studio was very spooky because by this point, Kurt Cobain was already a ghost, so clearly it's haunted. The mixing itself ended up being handled by Jerry Finn, which the trio, uh, aka the trio, pushed for as they were a big fan of Enema of the State and the Smoking Pope's album Destination Failure and were listening to that album a bunch before recording this. So, you know, steal from the best if you can get them. And yeah, so finally we're in 2001. Since the last time we looked at the charts, the most important thing that happened is that Limp Bizkit's Chocolate Starfish and the Something Something released in late 2000s. 
which is still at number 8 on the top Hot 200 records during the week that Infirmary is released. From here on, basically, new metal happens. We've seen Linkin Park starting getting big, we've seen uh, now Limp Bizkit starting getting big. So we get this whole trend of like sort of like new metal stuff going in various different directions. And I feel that here is sort of where the alt-rock tendencies of a lot of pop-punk bands that we've listened in the couple of uh, in the couple of episodes sort of like start splitting off and start getting, you know, pop-punk starts becoming its own thing and new metal starts becoming its own thing and they start, you know, diverging, like getting more and more different. Those sort of like post-grunge, like dark influence sort of become a new metal thing, right? While pop-punk starts developing in the more either... Happy, sunshiny, we're Blink-182 and we're funny or sad. We're sad. We're emo pop punk. <laughs> you start getting those two definite directions and new metal start like absorbing the sort of alt-rock, dark, grungy tones. As all of this unfolds, From Here to Infirmary will barely make it into the Billboard charts, appearing for a single week at 199 out of 200 and disappearing the week after. The Sopranos soundtrack charted higher and had more staying power than Alkaline Trio in 2001, which, to be fair, I will definitely say the Alabama Trio was better than the Alkaline Trio. That record wins on the theme song alone. The first single they release is Private Eye. They are watching you. Watching you every move, following every move. I don't remember the lyrics to that. But you can't watch them because it has no video. Nope. Because, you know, Vagrant is small, Alkaline Trio is small, don't waste money on them. But in 2002, they get a second single and even a video after the band proved themselves by getting on Billboard for that single week and touring with everyone's best friend, Blink-182. The video is basically White Boy Akira without any climax. Isn't it cool, like, how every single band we, we talk about is just like, oh, and they ended up being friends with Blink-182. It's mostly because I bet DeLong was trying to just tell anyone who would listen about things. And when Blink-182 shows up at your door going, Hey, you want to tour and spend time with me in the bus and hear all my stories? Everyone's like, Blink-182, sick. Hey, kids, you want to talk about aliens? Yeah. Sure, Mr. Blink-182, whatever you say. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is it. We can go and talk about the record. It's the best song. Everything is downhill after this. Private Eye, an alt-rock jam. Unfortunately, I listen to the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics are fine. I, I actually don't mind the lyrics of this band. The lyrics very much sound like... Uh... The paranoid delusions of an unfortunate teenager. <laughs> yeah. 
And you won't have to stop saying I love cops for anyone but me. That part's weird, not gonna lie. And I won't have to quit doing fucked up shit for anyone but me. And at the right place at the right time, it will have been worth it to stand in line. And you won't have to stop saying I love cops for anyone but me, your private eye. Yeah, that's the chorus. Yeah, I don't know what it means. It's weird. It's prerogative. It gets the people going. This feels like we wanted to be Nine Inch Nails lyrically, but we didn't have a Trent Reznor. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because if Closer went horrendously wrong, we would definitely have I watched Flies Fuck on Channel 11. There was no one to kiss. There was nothing to drink except some old rotten milk someone left in the sink. Yeah. I mean, it's not amazing. I, I think there are definitely better tracks uh, lyrically on this record, but it's uh, it's about someone having the delusions that, like, you know, a murder or whatever happened. It's fine. Yeah. I like the song. Don't listen to the lyrics. We've had way worse stuff. Like, the worst thing that you can see about this song is that the lyrics of the song is that, like, they're sort of weird, that they don't really go anywhere, but they're not offensive. They're not bad. There's no, uh, uh, feed me grapeies. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely feels like they were trying also for maybe some of AFI's, like, spooky gothicness, and then they just kind of didn't quite hit the mark on the right kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, they're weird, but they're not dashboard confessional weird, where they're just, like, funny. They're just sort of like, huh, huh. And this song is a jam. Yeah, this is, again, this is my favorite track on the record. Has, like, alt, sort of alt-rock vibes, has, like, this sort of, like, dissonant guitars going on. And it sort of feels like, bear with me, it sort of feels what Lit was trying to do, but if it had, like, a coherent aesthetic rather than throwing everything at the wall. Like, this sort of, like, alt-rock meets punk with sort of a grungy vibe to it but sort of, like, comes together naturally in a song that has, like, its own structure and its own thing, its own thing that it's trying to do. It's pretty good. My only beef is the lyrics are a little uncomfortable. Otherwise, I think this is great. Also, best chorus of the record. I think this record generally is a bit weak on the chorus melodies. This is, like, a solid. Oh, this song is great. I like it. This is the most alt-rock track on the album, and that's probably why it works for me so much better than any other song. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, just good stuff. Like, the on the verse, it's just, like, the guitar sort of, like, gets turned out, and you get this nice bass just rhythmically going, creating, like, this tension. And then you get the, the big release with the chorus just going full, like, pop, with, like, a nice melody, uh, the voice gets brought up. It's good structure, good stuff there. They create this sort of feeling of like, oh, grungy, dark tension in the verse. And then it's just like big pop release in the chorus. And I like the stuff. It's fun. It does sound a bit like AFI, even musically. Too bad none of the rest of it does. I saw a post on the internet recently that said, do you ever wish, like, you hear an album... And you hear a song, and it's not really like anything else on the album. You wish that you could just eyedropper tool that song and then expand it into its own album. Let me present you with uh, Closure in Moscow, who did like an absolute jamming, so jamming like pop song in the last like record. 
which at this point was it's like five years old or whatever. And the rest of the records sound nothing like it. It's just like this is a weird Mars Volta prog record, but we have like this really jamming pop song as track four for no reason at all. And it's never done again in the record. And you're like, huh. Much like how some directors say, you can make a comedian do drama without issue, but you can't make a dramatic actor a funny comedian. Uh, you can make a prog rock band into any kind of music if they want to, but you can't make a pop, like a pop punk band into prog rock. Doesn't go both ways. Did someone tell this to Bad Religion? I did a callback. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. You'll all see someday. Anyhow, Mr. Chainsaw is the next song. good punk song it's like green day but more energetic i thought this was pretty forgettable it's, it's fun again i don't think this is like a great song of all time but this is just like a fun song it's sort of like them leaning this is the most pop punk record that they ever did the first two records didn't have much of this green day sound going on in it uh, this one sort of leans in it. This sort of like, it's clear that they recorded this after listening to Animal of the State. Because they lean a lot more in the pop punk. And honestly, they succeeded at it. I think this song is fine. It's like energetic. And has like, the lyrics have like this weird, gruesome imagery stuff going on. Okay. I'd give the lyrics credit for the imagery if the final verse wasn't just going, did you get the metaphor, did you get the metaphor, did you get the metaphor, over and over. The very final thing that is repeated over and over until we close is, in case you're wondering, I'm singing about growing up, about giving in. Yep. They explained the metaphor at the end. I think that's a huge part of the Alkaline Trio package based on this album is... We think we have something clever to say, but we also think it's a little too clever, so we will make sure you catch on. Yeah, I don't mind it too much, honestly. So This is a thing that could go horribly if the music wasn't on par, but like, this is a fun song to listen to. This has like energy, it's like a fast punk song, and you've, the imagery sort of works, and then you it slows down and you get this explainer at the end. And it's not ideal, right? But I don't think it ruins the song for me. It doesn't ruin it, but it's definitely a we're not going to point off here for me. Oh, this is not amazing, as I said, but it's a solid song. I would have ranked it higher without the last verse. I mean, same here. I could definitely see that. I mean, to me, it sort of, like, helps that the bit when they go, in case you're wondering, and so on and so on, and explain the thing. It's actually a really good melody. Like, actually, that's a really, melodically, like, structurally, that's a really good closer for the song. 
sort of goes in a different melodic direction than the rest of the song, slows it down a bit, and it's actually like a really interesting coda to the song. And yeah, lyrically, that sort of ruins a bit the metaphor, but really works as a packaged song. I really like the song. I will say that no one playing an instrument is screwing up on this album. It's just the vocals. Just the lyrics, even. Like, I really like Matsukiba vocals. I think he has a really decent voice and puts a lot of energy and a lot of, like, character in the voice. A lot of the notes on my notes are just, like, good vocal performance by Skiba. I found it impossible to focus on anything when he was singing. How so? I just think that the vocals and lyrics combo... If you swapped in almost any other track, any other vocal track, just a karaoke performance of all of these, I would probably raise this album up a few points because every time he is singing, I just tune out. I had to do my re-listen today in three chunks for what is a short album because I would just get through and realize, oh shit, I've gone through two or three songs without noticing and okay, I got to back up. I got to like focus. I think we have completely opposite sides on this because I really like Matt Skibon vocals. I think he has like a lot of character. He like actually like pushes a lot of these songs to uh, like a good level. I think there, there are some issues on the producing side. I think the mixing is a bit weird in parts, but yeah, I have absolutely no issue with Matt as a vocalist. I actually really like him. I think he actually makes a lot of the songs. I think he has like a good midway point through the sort of like pop punk sniding, like sort of like snotty attitude and uh, emo wailing. I think that sort of like sits in the middle between two these two extremes of vocal styles, and it sort of works. It has it also has like a very accessible voice. This is not, you know, the the last record, Dashboard Confessional, just like fucking blowing up the mic with the screaming. This has actually like a good pop sensibility to how balance those things. For me, it wasn't the vocals that made it so that way I had to keep on going back and skipping back three songs to re-listen because I wasn't paying attention. It was just the fact that uh, these songs are kind of similar. Oh, they are. Like, don't get me wrong. This one specifically, I really liked until I got to the end and was like, oh, I see. It's a metaphor. Not a thing about having intrusive thoughts as a teenager. Well, that is a lot less fun. (laughs) I guess I'm putting it on the vocals, but I'm not sure what it is that made this album Teflon for my brain. It's just, I wrote quite a lot that the instrumentation, the playing, is really doing it. Hey, this one's harder, enjoying the drums, etc. And the lyrics are all I can think of that's the part that's letting me down. Because musically, this is fine. And yet, none of this works for me. I have a bit of an issue, actually, with the instrumentation, where I think everyone who's playing is doing a great job. I think there's a lot of like good, interesting parts in it. The production, it's a bit too crisp on the guitars and the drum. I 
think that one of my main critiques of this record is that the I think the guitars and drum are too polished, not on a playing standpoint, but just in how they're mixed. I think they're a bit too crisp for this type of music. Their first two records are way rower, and I think they work better in terms of instrumentation. Not because of the, again, not because of the players, just because of the mixing. Gonna fault this to Jerry Finn, given that their main producer was the same in all of the record, but this is the first record where Jerry Finn is mixing. And I think it's not the best choice for the Alkaline Trio, because they actually work better when there's a bit of, of griminess to their sound, a bit of rawness, like in the previous two records. Doesn't ruin the record to me, just like interesting to note. That's fair. Also, it is definitely fair to like different things, Fletch. Oh yeah, I won't slam this album, but this is the first time in over a month of recordings that I have been left so cold by anything we covered. At least last time I could get up a good head of steam on ripping it a new one, because it was so surreal that I had a way to sink my teeth into it every time. I'm just gasping for air here. Something, something, take lots with alcohol. I did really enjoy this track. Oh, glad to hear that. This is a good track. I was ping-ponging up and down for the first half of this album going, I really liked Private Eye. Oh, but I'm down. But okay, okay, we're coming back. Maybe it was just one bad track. And this one, I definitely blame the lyrics because by the end, they got so repetitive and they were just sucking the energy out of the instrumentation. I, I like this track. I think it has decent lyrics. I don't think they're amazing or anything, but it's just like, again, it's a song about depression and dealing with stuff. Sure. It's decently told. It's a good mid-tempo tune. Some good, simple guitar work and some actually like good, tasteful drums. I, the drum work on this track is like pretty great. Yeah, the drums come in hard from the start, and it's a real good kickoff. Drums good. And decent vocal melody. Again, this is not an old-timer. Decent song. Pretty solid. Could have used a stronger chorus, which is a thing that I will say about a lot of songs on this record, but what you gonna do? It's good. Drums good. Guitar good. Vocals okay. Lyrics, I mean, okay. (laughs) I suppose looking at it again, the actual joke of the title is something, but it doesn't carry through. The The titles on this album promise so much more than I get. <laughs> I think it was Armageddon where I was going, how is this song so soft with a title like this? Well, to be fair, at least last week I could go, this sounds like a visual novel or a light novel title. This week I'm just like, all right, 
this all sounds gothy, but it doesn't really have any of the trappings. It's like some it's like you took you mentioned AFI earlier. This is like you took the track list off an AFI album and then had to compose what you thought it was going to sound like. But these guys had never heard goth music. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's very like a teenager that wants to be goth, but has never actually been anywhere near the subculture. And so they're like, yeah, I'm doing this totally right. I know. And then they don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even classify it as goth, personally. This is like, this straightforward pop punk. It has like some dark underpinnings, but this is like pop punk at its core. And, you know, I like pop punk. That's why I made a podcast about it. So I like this. <laughs> what? You like pop punk? Yeah, I know. That's like, that's like a great revelation. My favorite record of this year is a pop punk record. Gasp. Hey, you too, I solved it. Mm. What? It turns out you can buy Alkaline Trio merch on HotTopic.com. They are definitely people who wanted to sound goth and had no idea what that meant. Yep. <laughs> Hot Topic goths represent. I mean, you can buy, you can buy Funko Pops on HotTopic.com today, so... I will put it out there. The worst all-time Funko Pop figure is the wrapped-in-plastic corpse of Laura Palmer. I don't know what that means and i'm deleting it from my brain before i can find out i'm just gonna send this image let's see that's an actual product that was sold okay that's pretty fucked up yup can i have some context now please okay so there, there is this man he's called david lynch he's a good very good director <laughs> Started, started his career in, like, the late 70s, early 80s, made a bunch of short films. <laughs> Can I have less context, please? <laughs> okay, so there is this TV show. It's called Twin Peaks. It's pretty great. It's about a mystery. It opens with Laura Palmer being found dead in a lake, wrapped in plastic. Here. You have the context. Thank you. That's pretty fucked up. We decided to put... The corpse of a murder victim as a collectible for your desk. <laughs> yeah. Funko! Very fun. Someone made uh, custom Funko Pops of uh, Alkaline Trio. There do not exist real Funko Pops of Alkaline Trio. Oh. Oh, there's a Matt Skiba figure, but it's only for him as a Blink-182 guitarist. Ouch. That's hilarious. It's got Blink-182 logos and he's in an Alkaline Trio t-shirt, so they didn't know what they were doing. I love it. Thank you. This this just made my entire day. Uh, whoever designed that thing is probably a stupid kid, like the, the next song. I don't know. Yep. Segway. Let's talk about how every single on this album did get its own piece of album artwork, because, you know, this was still the era where you'd release them individually. 
the private eye one. And clearly all of these are supposed to be like you're looking in a mirror or whatever because they all have reverse text shirts. The first one just said for hire for private eye. This one is a child who has evil written backwards and upside down on their shirt. And also they have no face. Spooky. Well, I think they're turned away from me, but it's hard to tell. No. No, their feet are facing forward. Oh, no, you're right. The feet are facing forward. I thought the whole joke was this was the back of it. But no, you're right. <laughs> it's me. I'm the stupid kid. I take back every word I say. <laughs> I'm the old man now. We're switching. Mama. Mama. <laughs> Rude. Stupid kid is the more blink sounding track of the record. Yeah, I can see how this is the one that got a video. This is not a great song. I think it's a bit too repetitive, but it's quite fun. And actually, the lyrics are way better than anything Blink would write. There is actually, like, a minimum level of irony and wit to this breakup lyrics. They're not just, like, woman evil because they left me. There's actually, like, a good level of uh, of playfulness in them. You know that I said I love you, but I was just a stupid kid back then. I take back everything that I said. Like... You cannot tell me that that lyric doesn't have a bit of, like, you know, fun and, like, sarcasm to it, and it's completely straight. It's fun. It's a bit too repetitive. I think it's one of my bottom tracks of this record, but eh, it's listenable. I I don't mind it at all. I think that as a pop-punk breakup song, it's one of the better ones that we've listened to, but it's still not all that great. <laughs> it's not amazing. I think the, my main issue with it is that it's a bit too repetitive, but still fun. So mm. A lot of this album is too repetitive, so I can't single out a particular track for that. That That is fair, but a lot of the other tracks have like this very like good sing-alongy melodies, while this one sort of struggles with that. I definitely see why this got to be the single that got a push and a video. And, uh, as I said during the recap and history, the video for this is like a weird white boy Akira where he's just getting doors slammed in his face in ways where nobody's touching anything and slowly outsidered more and more. But there's never any climax. It's just like, oh, kid's not in the classroom now. And we cut to the band breaking down their instruments. Oh, at the end, he turns out to be the devil. Okay, I'll have to watch that again because I didn't see that. The last I saw is he's outside the classroom, then the band just break down their instruments and it stops. He takes out his caps and has, like, devil horns, and the people inside the classroom get, like, fumigated and die. You missed the ending, Fletch. That's why it didn't have any climax. Yeah, I guess I I somehow missed the ten second because I just saw him walking away from the building and the band breaking down their instruments. I must have been taking a note. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You're right, that definitely happened right there. Huh. Well, I take back the part about it having no climax. I still stand by White Boy Akira. <laughs> that is fair. It's not the best video ever, but it does have a, a resolution at the end. We finally got an excuse to reuse those contacts from the album cover. Oh, we haven't talked about it. The album cover is like them looking like with like weird white contacts on. It promises a lot more darkness than the record delivers, to be fair. No, but didn't you look at these album titles? Stupid Kid, Mr. Chainsaw, Trucks and Trains. 
<laughs> I think it was a real pain in the ass to make that album cover look good with our style for the episode covers, because when you translate that to two color with GIMP, it just looks like normal eyes. Like it makes the pupils <laughs> back again. So I had to manually like make them white for the album for the episode cover. <laughs> well, this is the effort that Ellie puts in to make this the best pop punk show you listen to. Another innocent girl. <laughs> I have crippled her with praise. Do not praise me, I don't know how to handle that. Can't smash up that beautiful face. Another innocent girl. Just make it lit. That self-pity shit. It's just too hard to resist. Yeah, when we get home, you'll see. That this part of him is not part of me. So, this one, yeah, the title left me worried, and then it's like, oh, um, I guess that happened. It didn't even have the lean-in of where it's trying to imply. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't quite get what they were going for the lyrics. I think it sounds like a weird serial killer thing, maybe, but it doesn't quite, they don't quite flesh it out enough. Uh, there is a really good bit on the pre-chorus. There's a really bit, good bit of guitar on the pre-chorus when they lead to the chorus and there's like really good atmospheric bit of guitar. Aside from that, this is a slow jam that could use a better chorus. And, you know, I don't love slow pop-punk ballads, but as far as pop, slow pop-punk ballads go, this is good. This is decent. I don't hate it. I'm gonna be real with you, despite the fact that I listened to this album, like, seven times, trying to make my brain, like, actually hear any of it, I somehow managed to not hear this song any of those times. And I'm listening to it now, and it still feels very unremarkable. It's not amazing. Again, it's a, it's a pop-punk slow jam, but as far as this kind of uh, type of song goes, it's decent. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I, I would agree that it's fairly unremarkable. This song thinks it's NBC's Hannibal, but it's actually Hannibal Rising, the prequel movie. Remember when that happened? Remember when they made a teenage Hannibal movie? I do. They did what? The studio basically threatened the author, like, if you don't write this, we will get someone to do it because we've already set up the movie deal. And so he just slammed out the biggest piece of crap he ever wrote, and then they adapted it. That's the film industry. <laughs> I know, yeah, this is a remarkable, it's, it's a slow jam. I don't hate it, I don't love it. There are better songs on this record. Like Steamer Trunk.
Like all of the songs could use a better chorus, I think that applies to all of the songs. Steamer Trunk is just one of the songs that just works so well for me. Like even though like this song could be better in many ways, it just works. It's just like a little tight pop number, good energy, driving instrumentation, and this is where like Skiba really like works as a singer, like just drives the song with like good emotion. I love the song. This song is just like bop your heads too. It's hard to take any song that says cranium so much seriously. Craniums exist. They are a part of our body. Yeah, that's my least favorite Blink track, too. Craniums exist. (laughs) (laughs) You think they believe in craniums? You could have replaced the word cranium with geranium both times, and this song wouldn't have changed a bit lyrically. That thunderstorm is still crashing in your geraniums. Someone somewhere dropped me on my geranium. Yeah, see? I don't know. I I, I really like this song. Of like a good rhythm, good speed. This is just like a fun song. A lot of the songs just sound like they would like completely rule live. This is all like stuff that's really fun to sing along to. I don't know. I like this. It's good energy. It's a bit drained by the production, but we at this point we come to the part of the record where that starts being less of a problem, and you actually get some like good driving tracks. The the. Band itself is holding up their end of the bargain. Skiba is doing nothing for me, and so I can't I can't savage this because it's not irredeemable. It's not Christ awful. It's just so not my jam as the whole package that I find it really hard to work up the energy to mention anything more. This song in particular Sounds like it would be in some, like, B-movie teenage coming-of-age story when they're at a party or doing something else fun and crazy. Yeah, this is definitely the We Crashed the Car in the the Mini Golf Course song. Yes. A lot of this album feels like we're going down the highway and the brakes don't work. Whoa! Yeah, this is it's way less dark than I thought. Like the first half of some good like dark imagery, but then it sort of like peters out and it's just like fun pop punk. And I cannot fault it for that. I like fun pop punk. My notes for this one are, I want to listen to MCR now. Yeah, I, I also thought that this is not as good as uh, My Chemical Romance, You're Dead. I was just thinking of the Flying Lotus album of the same name, because you want to talk an album that does good supernatural kid videos, it's the You're Dead album by Flying Lotus. Coronas, The Terminator, and Never Catch Me are great uses of Freaky Kids. Sure. Your Dead is a, is a decent song. It's like a slow, 
pop punk with emo tinges. It's again like a really clean way to mix those genres. I think it's a very like it sort of mixes the best of those genres to make like this slow punk jam filled with emotion. It is a bit repetitive, which we will mention through a lot of the songs of this record. But yeah, I like the core song. It's uh, I, I I don't quite get if it's a song about someone being actually dead or like a metaphor for a breakup. It's not completely clear. Again, they may need some polish on those lyrics. But aside from that, there's a good emotion coming on it. I think the chorus is very memorable. And especially thanks to like Skiba sort of like emo wailing during it. And... It's pretty good. Could use a bit of polish, like in terms not not in terms of production. The production is even too polished, but in terms of just structure to add a bit of uh, variety to it. But I like it. This is another one where the lyrics just get to the point of, okay, but did you get it? When it's like, uh, and I found out you were dead, and I'd never see you again. At the end, just. Oh, okay. The prior to this, it was just like you, you know, nothing really goes that hard until the very end. It's talking about how I'm surrounded by jackasses and what is this? I'm I'm left cold by you. And I don't know if it's bemoaning a dead person he was not into or you took someone I loved from me, or God, why, how could this happen? I'm at Action Park. Everything is so muddled. And then, once again, the final lyrics just have to go, and I found out you died. Well, it's not necessarily the final lyrics, it's the chorus that it says that. What I'm saying is we need to take Skiba's metaphor license away. <laughs> he can't drive a metaphor anymore. Not for two albums. I don't know. I think that instead we should send him to metaphor school. Is that a metaphor? You have to, after you say your joke, explain it to us to make sure that we understand it just like Skiba does. We were joking about metaphor, which means comparing another thing with another implicitly, you know, saying another thing but being another. And we did, in making a joke about metaphor, a metaphor by comparing driving school with metaphor school and switching the two words. So, in terms, I added a further layer to the joke, asking if the metaphor school itself was a metaphor. All I'm going to say is that throughout this whole thing, I am being drawn with my shirt off incredibly ripped and with my chin held high. Editorial cartoon. I am being drawn as a ghost with a white sheet. Spooky. Somewhere above my head is the word sickos. I'm being drawn, like, tilting my chair back and balancing a pen on my nose. Ooh, can I, can I have a big arrow pointing at me saying the dying left? <laughs> All right. Sold. Uh, our five listener. Make this happen. Marty, if you're listening, I will owe you my fifth born child. Let's get on to the biggest disappointment on the album, Armageddon. Thank you. 
Good song. Come on. <laughs> this was featured in a Tony Hawk. That's the most interesting thing about it. It sounds like a song that could be in Tony Hawk. The song rules. I really like it. It goes nowhere melodically. I should hate it in any other context. But they make it work. It has great energy. It has that Armageddon chorus that's like really fun to sing along. This is a bop. I don't know if the young people say bop still, but this is a bop. They do. Only see this as one of the whiniest tracks on the album. That has such good energy to it. This is very fun within the context of it being a skateboarding song. This is a track that if you had renamed it, I would be so much kinder to it. But you called this Armageddon, and then you started kind on like this... It's full-on nasal blink whining. That chorus is so good, even if it's not necessarily well constructed melodically, it's just like so good. Come on. The bridge kept making me think of churches. That's a weird comparison. We sink. When they're repeating it over and over, I'm just thinking of the church's song, We Sink. I don't actually agree with your claim of this being like, too slow to be Armageddon? Yeah, this is not a death metal track, but it's like a fast pop-punk track. I didn't say slow, I said soft. It's just like a good, fast, fun track with like a good chorus to sing along to. This is like if you call a piece of charcoal diamond. No, it's going to shatter when touched. It's insufficiently hard. Insufficiently hard is going to be the name of my next band. I like this I like this song a lot, sorry. I think it has like a great energy, it's fun to sing along. And I shouldn't. Again, like this song is melodically is structureless. Like it doesn't really go anywhere and there's not a driving melody to it. But somehow, just like that Armageddon chorus is just so fun and instrumentation work and it's a fast song. This song rules. Yeah, again, the back half of this album is where I just started classifying things as whiny or soft, and it's not... We've gotten past the point where even the instruments are carrying me anymore. Adam, you're the tiebreaker. Do you like Armageddon? Yeah, I think it's fun. You play a skateboard video game while listening to it. Team young people. I know I'm the minority on this album, but God, there's nothing here for me. I literally bought an Elton John record in the middle of listening to this because that was how much I wanted anything different. Because that's how much of an old man you are? Question mark? It's on vinyl, so yes. <laughs> I guess if you're old and you buy vinyl, you're not technically a hipster because you were around when that was a thing. Yeah, I, I have an old turntable. Which Elton John record? You already know because you were roasting me about it earlier today. I literally bought Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I, I was playing it up for, for, the, for the podcast, but okay. okay. Going meta here. Yes, I did straight up just buy a copy of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road because by track 10 of From Here to Infirmary, I realized I wanted something completely different and then i just started humming all the girls love alice and it's like god that's a song where the guitar and the lyrics and everything fucking work yeah like jamaica jerkov which is on that record it is and you know what incredibly cancelable better track <laughs>
Uh, I don't know. Find me anything that has the stones to be as objectionable as that on this album. This is pure middle-of-the-road pop-in-pop-punk pablum. I just... I like this record. I will probably listen to this record again before I put on Yellow Brick Road. Oh, yeah. I get the feeling this is going to be one of the ones that differs very much between your charts and my charts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this for me, this is solid. We will get to it at the end. This is a solid three-star record for me. Three out of five. It's just, like, solid. One and a half. Oh, God. Yeah. Y'all listen to these records again after you're done? Oh, yeah. Some of them. Some of them, yeah. Why? Yeah, I've actually bought a couple of records for this show. <laughs> I, I I have not been listening to the like, records from the Suicide Machines that we done for the show, but I've been listening to a lot of the Suicide Machines since we talked about them. Hmm. The new record is cool. The, the record that they dropped this year opens with an anti-cop song. I'm into. Well, we do like being anti-cop. Remember when this album started with You Can Keep Praising Cops Around Me, Baby? That happened. No, you can't. I am the only one you have to stop praising cops around. They they are firmly anti-cop. There is a song, an anti-cop song on their first record. I'm just saying we had a much harder one from Green Day a month ago. Look, Matt Skiba is a witch, and he cursed uh, Fire Festival, so I like him. I will give future Matt Skiba credit. 2000s-era Matt Skiba, on the other hand, cursed the Twin Towers, and we know what's happening months from now. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always 9-11 with you, Fletch? Every podcast episode. Every episode. Because we're in 2001. Spider-Man appearing with uh, a cover of uh, From Here to Infirmary in the background, being like, sorry, I couldn't do anything about that. <laughs> okay, Spider-Man going around New York, handing out cards that say, sorry, I'm sorry, webs don't stop a 747 is great. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopters at most, y'all. <laughs> I mean... Okay, so we had our 9-11 joke this week. Uh, should we, like, uh, should we talk about Weezer for a second? <laughs> Go, going, through the, going through the thing that we do every week. Call me Dr. Worm. Okay. Have we uh, 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 shat on Phoenix TX this week yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Phoenix TX versus Weezer. That's a battle for the ages. Phoenix TX there. They stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Except they didn't. They reunited recently, a couple of years Have ago. Have they put out a single album? I don't think so. Then they didn't reunite. They're just touring. <laughs> Van Weezer is coming out next year. You know what? Weezer can tour in the times of COVID. Let them. It's a culling. <laughs> Did you show up to the Weezer show during the pandemic? Yeah, you earned this. I I don't think Weezer is actually touring. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I was just doing a DC Comics show. The earliest date schedule is on June the seventh, twenty twenty one, in Berlin, with Green Day. Of course. 
Of course Green Day is there, because just our podcast is creating horrible cursed world events all over. Yep. The next date is in Vienna, Austria. The Hella Mega Tour with Green Day and Fallout Boy. Wow. You're you're making that up, Ellie. I am not. You no, know, you you're making that up. Wow. <laughs> Ellie. Ellie, please say psych. Nope. Please say psych. They are to they are touring Europe. Oh, Fallout Boy doesn't isn't in any of the Italian dates of the Wither tour. It's only Green Day and Wither who come to Italy. I ship it. What would Billy Joel Armstrong and Guy from Weezer's ship name be? No, 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 no. You misunderstand. I'm going to ship the personified versions of each band. Oh, okay. Got it. So the Voltron made up of each member. Yes. Yeah, I've read that Vore comic. <laughs> and now, the lust penis. Anyway, I'll try for a fourth time. I'm Dying Tomorrow is the next track. It is. Some of it is kind of a mood, but like a teenage mood. Yeah, this this is a pretty good teenage uh, angst song. Uh, this is probably the more Green Day adjacent song on the record. I think this is going for something. I think the examples they choose in the lyrics are the strangest things. Because, okay, I get it. Did I remember to sleep in, take lots of pills, commit irreversible sins? All right. Did I remember to keep your beer as full as mine? Did I, did I run outside to kiss the rain under electrical skies? <laughs> that was the one I was going to do next, yes. Me in high school, though. <laughs> this one's all over the place. And again, metaphor license revoked. We're pulling this album over and taking you into the station. The sun was getting in his eyes, I'm sure. Give him another chance, Your Honor. Have you seen how white these boys are, Your Honor? If the slightest bit of light hits them, they become road flares. <laughs> exactly. Even their eyes are white. You can tell by the cover of the record. Oh, good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. Albino Kaline Trio. Yeah, this is this is an angsty teenage I'ma kill myself song, and it it's it's something. Probably the best song on the back half for me. Yeah, this definitely isn't the worst uh, angsty suicide song we've gotten on this podcast so far. So, you know, I'll take it. Bloody da ba ba bloody da ba ba bloody da ba 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 burner. Okay, so bloody da. Blood it up. This song sort of goes nowhere. 
Also, the way you pronounced that made it sound like some ska lyrics, and I was kind of excited for a second. Blood it up, blood it up, blood it up! The most interesting thing about this song is what you can do with the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna... This is one of which I will agree with you. The song is not great, sort of goes nowhere. I would. I don't know why halfway through the song I thought, oh, this would be interesting if like stage champs covered it. That sounds like something they could make work. But aside from that, noises. This is the track where I wrote it's like boy band vocals over a lesser punk band playing. Yeah, this one's not my favorite on the album. Thousands and thousands of trucks and trains. Trucks and trains. I enjoyed this song. This is a cool song. I like this song. I this is probably this is like second favorite on the record. The guitar is very good. Yeah, uh, there. I have an issue with this. I have a big issue with this. With the mixing on the verse is god awful. They they lower down the voice and both the bass and the drum just get mixed so high. And I guess they wanted to accentuate like the dark like sound of those verses, but it really doesn't work. I think there's like a really terrible mixing on this verse. Just makes me want to go like to Jerry Flynn and like lightly slap the back of his head. <laughs> being like, do it right. This song is great. Mix it right. Because this song is great. Has like this cool dark intro with like the bass line going do 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 do. You know, that classic. The chorus is great, has like that cool like alt-rocky guitar going on. Uh, the scansion on these lyrics is hell. Little bit, yeah. <laughs> there is some terrible scansion on a lot of these lyrics, but I don't care. It, it gives it charm. I think this song specifically sort of predates My Chemical Romance in like having a very poppy take on hardcore emo. Well, it sort of mixes the moody darkness in the instrumentation like, but heavy guitars, but the vocals are not completely shouted. There's some forcefulness and some energy to the vocals, but they're not, you know, full hardcore punk. I think that sort of predates that kind of approach to pop punk, where it puts in a bit of darkness, a bit of emo core in there, but packages it in a pop package. Second favorite song of the record. The song is great. as a great chorus. The chorus is really fun to sing along. To put you in the frame of mind I was at by this track on the album, the name made me think of a series of tapes they sold when I was a young man that were just talking about how you could see thousands of trains, thousands of trucks, thousands of construction equipment. And it was just footage, B-roll, of all these things if you had a kid who was, like, super into it. And these days we would go, ah, you have an autistic child. 
But back then, that wasn't a word in common usage. So it's just like, is your kid a truck fan? Is your kid a rail fan? Buy him this VHS. And in looking for that, I was trying to find it because the commercial really did go, thousands and thousands Fletch. of trains. Uh, yes? Fletch, that still existed when I was a child, and it was one of the only four commercials they played on the anime channel that I got when I was a kid. Huh. So I know that commercial very well. The problem is, I couldn't find it because that was part of why I was mucking about with soundboards today is I was going to drop that when we got to the song. But just searching for that, I did find if you search thousands of trains in a video search, you will be recommended the plain white tees. Hey there, Delilah. Um, trains in the rain ASMR. And also one that I did love from an Arabic news channel, which was just machine translated as Hanging upside down here trains. Thousands of people do terrible journey. It's called Lots and Lots of Trains. Lots and Lots of. Anyhow, were we, were we talking about a song? We might have been. I mean, I was I was done with it, so. I liked it. Adam, can you support me on this? Oh yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. I loved the guitar. Fletch hates it, but we love it. That's how you know that it's good. Fletch can be grumpy old man sometimes. As a treat. Yeah. It's it's been a while since I've turned this hard on a record. Give me credit. I expected I was going to be this every week, and I have been very pleasantly surprised by a lot of the sounds of pop punk. This one. I'm proud of you. Come on. I haven't been nothing but hate. This one just did nothing for me. Okay, you get a gold star, Fletch. Yeah. Finally, I'm a gold star gay again. track is crawl it's a week closer and i don't have much to say about it lyrically this is just straight up i'm dying tomorrow uh but crappier i would much rather be listening to crawl by velt punch than this song crawl is a great song from a great anime <laughs> this feels like it would be the closing theme to an anime very uh, Kermit looking out of the window sad energy oh wait we're talking about the alkaline trios crawl again Never mind, I take back what I say. Tell me I'm wrong, it still sounds like it could be the closing theme to an anime. Mm, but, like, not a great anime. No, this would be, like, the filler arc with the vampires of Bleach closing song, but... Okay, listening to it again, I think you're right, but I don't want you to be right. This is seriously some the hero is walking home in the rain with convenience stores in the background. I've got a regular problem, so my standard break from life is in order. I'm having trouble making sentences, I'm older, but I don't feel any smarter. You see, I don't know what I said to you, and now you're pissed that you don't do it. I guess I deserve it. Wish I could waste my time without wasting all your time. 
Yeah, I don't know. This completely did not work for me in a way that so few albums on this show have. This is easily in my bottom five. I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. The vibes were off for you. Yeah, and it started so strong, which is why I was so harsh by the end. That's fair. I really like this. It's not amazing. I think it's a slight step down. It's not quite as consistent as Goddamnit, the first record, which I think is actually pretty good. But I really want to hear more from these guys because this record has some really good tracks on it. There is some forgettability. There is some repetition. But overall, this is one of the solid three out of five records. This is just like two really good. Would listen to this again. Added it to my Spotify library or whatever. It's good. It, it is good. It's not amazing, but it's good. And some tracks are really great. So I'm into it. I want to hear more from these guys and see if maybe they go into more of like a direction as indicated by their opening track. I don't know. I, I am curious. I think this is like this is great. And what impressed me is how... A lot of this stuff, and especially a lot of Goddamnit, is pretty much a template for like that whole pop-punk, sad pop-punk revival that happened in the last five years, like bands like Champed and stuff like that. They definitely take sort of that framework of relationship songs with sort of mid-tempo and good choruses and a bit rougher on the edges and transpose that 15 years later and do that again. It's been really interesting listening to the record and being like, oh, this is pretty much the same sound. They came up with it 15 years ago. I'm into the stuff. I don't think it's their best record from the one that I listen of it, but it's a pretty solid release. From Here to Infirmary gets a thumbs up from me. You've made me incredibly curious about what their sound is outside of this record, because... You pointed out in the middle, you know, there was that whole bad religion thing where it's like, oh, this is their worst album. I can't judge anyone on this show on one single record. I look forward to seeing what their sound becomes when they recur. I don't think this is their worst record even so far. I didn't like their second record much. I think this is a good second place. I think Goddamnit is really good, and I think this is almost as good. Although in a different direction, this is more popular than Goddamnit, which has uh, still a lot of punk lineage. We will find out in two years' chronological time when they return with Good Morning. My final thoughts on the album were that there were a couple songs that I'm like, yeah, this is really good. And most of the album was not really good. But it was not bad in a way that annoyed me or like, like... I breezed through a lot of this album without hearing it, which is a lot better than some albums where I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh god, nails on chalkboard. So overall, I think that this was a positive experience. Shall we go to what happened after the record? Sure. Why not? I gave up on you a long time ago. How can you blame Turns out it was all a lie. 
even charting for a single week was quite the achievement for a band this small, given that they were still on a medium-tier label like Vagrant. And the From Here to Infirmary tour put them on the road of the pop breakthrough they will have in two years' time when we see them again. They get noticed by Blink-182 in the wake of this album and are an opening act for a few weeks. If you read interviews from the band at the time, it's a bit adorable because Matt Skiba seemed like a gigantic fan of Enema, and then he got to tour with the band and he was very happy. Let's not tell him what happens in the future because he will probably shit and die with glee. <laughs> also notable is that during the Informery tour, they are going to switch drummers a lot, like Spinal Tap a lot. Pete Parada first, then Adam Willard, and finally Derek Grant will join the band and solidify the lineup they keep to the modern day. Yep. And this is it for uh, Alkaline Trio for now. They will be back. Alkaline Trio will return in Final Fantasy. Uh, will they? That would be cool. No, that's not that's not the name of the track. So what are we doing next, Fletch? Next week, we will be covering Thursday's Full Collapse. Do you have any fact about that? Uh, no, because I recognize the title of their single, Understanding in a Car Crash, but I don't remember the song because I was going, oh, wait. I remember the so the song from their next album, Signals Over the Air, and then I went, wait. And that's how we got here. So I'm sure I've heard Understanding in a Car Crash, but that's one of those emo titles that means nothing if you're not listening to the song. Mm. Yeah. Same song, different chorus. This was the episode. This recording was a mess. I hope the episode that you ended up listening is good. We're two hours in, and I doubt there's actually, like, an hour of this podcast that will survive. But, yeah, this was the episode. You can find us at getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can at us at Twitter at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. Also follow us. It's fun. Twitter is fun. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere, even on Amazon. We, we, we are on Amazon right now. <laughs> and you can rate and review us everywhere that you want. Give us five stars, give us review, talk about how great we are and how insightful we are and what great music reviews we are. And draw animations of us. <laughs> yeah, draw animations of us. Draw me as a ghost. And yeah, next up is Thursday with a record. Full collapse. Full collapse. Thank you, Fletch. You're welcome. Fletch, given that you, you helped me with the name of the record, do you want to plug anything from your sphere of products, things? Do you have the long speech that you always do, which I love? I do, which is you can find all of the things I work on at hellscaper.com. Adam, do you have to plug anything about your things that you do? I do not exist on the internet or in the real world. Do not find me. And you can find me on Twitter at ACCTheMoon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon. 
but I too now believe in aliens, so please help us get in contact with Matt Skiba so we can find a suitable replacement for me. Good night, everyone. See ya. Bye. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin and get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify It's me, I'm your mic, peeking out Hello Hi it's me, your mic. Here. I'm going to try and lean in on it and see if I can move away. Paul Blart! Paul Blart! It turns out, Subway, eat fresh. Make me a cartoon. Why doesn't no one? Why does no one make us make us a cartoon? It'll happen. I'm going to be drawn as a ball entirely of wrinkles. I'm going to be drawn like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be drawn as a stereotypical baby that has just like the one curly cue of hair atop my head and only one tooth poking out of my mouth and a bib. No, you're going to be drawn as a baby with five curly cues as hair spikes. Ah. Alternatively, funny. propeller hat. Mm. Propeller hat. Yeah, this is our challenge, animators. Alkaline forms in Chicago around 1996 by <laughs> we Matt should not Skiba, do this Glenn and Rob Doran, while <laughs> Skiba works as a bike messenger for his day job. Their name is chosen going through the dictionary for a cool word to put in front of word trio. It takes them can, a year before they actually start <laughs> recording tracks and get a proper van to tour outside of Chicago. You know that I will cut this, right? You know that we will retake this. I'm not retaking. You have to use that one. <laughs> I will retake them. Insert music cue. <laughs> So by this time the lineup is Matt Skiba on vocals and vocal on vocals. Matt Skiba on vocals and guitar and guitar 
What what's happening to me today? Matt Skiba on <laughs> Valsells and guitar. I'm mumblecore. I'm mumblecore. And now I'm real loud. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> 